More than three years into the Foreign Aid Transparency and Accountability Act, or FATAA, the U.S. Agency for International Development has managed to meet all of its requirements. That's according to the Government Accountability Office. The law requires 22 agencies to publish quarterly data on overseas aid, where it's going, and what it does. For how USAID did it, we turn to the Director of the Office of Foreign Assistance Resources at the State Department, Jim Richardson. Mr. Richardson, good to have you on. Thanks, Tom. I appreciate it. And since we're talking about USAID and you are at State, maybe we should start with how the Office of Foreign Assistance Resources itself is organized. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. So the Office of Foreign Assistance is a really unique creation. Uh, It was created almost uh, just over 10 years ago. And what it really was devised to do was to bring together state and USAID together into a joint organization and allow the, both organizations to be coordinated when it comes to foreign assistance. So we're all about coordination here um, in the Office of Foreign Assistance. And so I have about $37 billion a year that we coordinate. We want to make sure that every dollar is aligned to policy. You know, we want to be policy-driven. Um, but we also want to be performance uh, informed. And so what is that effectiveness? How are our programs actually accomplishing the mission? We want to make sure that's also informing um, how we make uh, budgetary decisions. And so that's the mandate overall. We look at the policy of foreign assistance, what are we trying to accomplish? We look at the budget making um, strategic, making sure we're not duplicating efforts and we're making sure that um, uh, every dollar is is aligned to to objective, and then we look at performance and data, making sure that we are constantly thinking about how effective our assistance is. How are we making sure that our policymakers have the right information at the right time in order to make the right decisions? And so, what are some of the specific structures that had to be set up in the agencies like USAID? What do they specifically have to do under this law? And uh, tell us about what some of the processes set up that were different or weren't existent before. It's a really fascinating situation. I mean, first of all, I just want to thank Congress for really doing a really great job in this legislation. You know, I think people see the news today and just see almost, they believe that the system is broken. And I spent a lot of time on Capitol Hill, and I have a lot of friends and across both um, Republicans and Democrats in House and Senate. And there really is wonderful legislation coming out of Congress on a regular basis. And this is a really great example of that. Um, the, the concept of FADA really is very basic, which is people use data, right? Data-informed decision-making is not a fad. It's not a weird trend line that's going to go back to some other um, steady state in the future. It is a constant that is only increasing every president, every secretary of state, every administrator of USAID will use data more in the future than they have in the past. And so people want to make sure that we have data that is timely, that is accurate, and that is transparent. And so it's really important for us to, as we, as we looked at implementing FATA across the federal government, that we wanted to make sure that we did that. And so there are a couple sort of basic things that are requirements inside of, of FATA. And so one is to make sure that every government agency is reporting on a timely basis, accurate and quality data um, to foreignassistance.gov, which is our our premier um, uh, website that allows for us to share data with the American people, with um, 
uh, international organizations and, and with our teams across the world to make sure that they're continuing to shape programs based upon data. So, we, we, so that's the first thing. And, and so now we have 22 um, government agencies across the federal government that are now um, uh, reporting on, a, on mostly a timely basis. And so we have all the organizations, so now we're just making sure that the data is coming in on, at the right quarter at the right time, but then also making sure that the, that the data has the, the highest standards of quality in that. So, um, so that's the, the biggest thing is this coordination function, making sure that everybody understands what the requirements are. And so we've been working with uh, the White House, the Office of Management and Budget, sure. obviously all the government agencies to make sure uh, we've work, been working with the Office of the Inspector General to make sure we conduct bureau compliance checks. Those types of things um, are the other pieces um, that we do. And, and then I convene an annual interagency meeting. It's actually next week. Uh, we'll all ask for updates on as to how people are complying with FATA and making sure that everybody is on board. But um, Got it. with the passes of FATA and the fact that every one of their principals, every one of their secretaries is committed to data um, and uses data more now than they ever have in the past, it's an easier lift than, than it ever has been before. Trying to pull good data from government agencies is not an easy task. It doesn't always become super sexy. Um, but because people are actually using the data, people are now happy to comply and are reaching out and say, hey, how can I improve our data quality? And we work with them to, to do that. We're speaking with Jim Richardson. He's director of the Office of Foreign Assistance Resources at the State Department. And give us an example of a type of data that might give a reflection on whether foreign aid to a given country is meeting the policy objectives. Because you have something yeah. definite on one hand, dollars, and something a little bit more amorphous on the other hand, the standards and policies of the administration. So we have a joint strategic plan. We have a national security strategy, which sort of outlines the top level objectives of, of the administration. And then under, and underneath that, we have uh, integrated country strategies for every post as part of that, we have, which, which is U.S. government-wide, so, you know, say Malawi is my favorite example, so I'll, I'll go to Malawi, my, one of my favorite countries in Africa. Malawi has an integrated country strategy that sort of outlines what are they going to accomplish over the next couple of years. And from, from there, there's all these different pieces about how all the federal government um, uh, uh, work inside Malawi is continuing to contribute to, to the, the administration's priorities. Um, and, and my office is, is, is part owner of that coordination process for the integrated country strategies. And un, under, underneath that, there's a foreign assistance strategy pieces to that as well that um, we play a heavy role in, making sure that people are coming together, that you know it's not just USAID and the State Department that does foreign assistance. Obviously, we have 22 different government agencies that do foreign assistance. So we need to make sure that at the country in Malawi, we are coordinating foreign assistance because we do want to make sure that we are constantly pushing down to the lowest possible level coordination. And so obviously, we're responsible for making sure that that happens, setting good standards, uh, but, but 
I personally cannot, and I do a I would do a terrible job trying to coordinate foreign assistance inside Malawi. And so we we do make sure that we are empowering career people all around the world to do really great coordination, working together as one government. I guess this might be implicit in what you say, but not everyone may understand this. But with foreign aid comes specific objectives that go with it, correct? And so you can look at those objectives. Yeah. Yeah, so so there are objectives. So so we establish for every every dollar that that we program, we we establish what are we trying to accomplish. So there's the big picture, right? There's the joint strategic plan, the national security strategy. There's integrated country strategies. There's foreign assistance strategies, and then and then under that there is a there's a dollar that says, okay, we want to move the needle in education in Malawi. How can we do that? So. The team goes out, they work with all the stakeholders and their partners and their potential in the private sector, saying, how can we develop a program in order to do this in a way um, that, that, that accomplishes the mission? What are we trying to do? And does it in a way that's most respectful for the taxpayer dollars? And so the team sets up objectives and say, here are the things I want to accomplish. They're the, the you know, we want to buy so many books. We want to uh, build so many schools, or those are good metrics. Um, but now we are challenging people to go further and say, you know, it's not just about books and schools. It's about the education system of Malawi. That is what the government of the, that's what the American people, they want to build that capacity of the Malawi government to educate its own people. So how do we make sure that that data that we are now collecting, and we do collect all those textbooks and and school construction, how are those outputs driving to the outcomes that we are really looking for as taxpayers? Because if, if, if the American people are on the hook for educating every child in Malawi, we are in serious trouble. We, we don't have the resources, we don't have the mandate, we don't have the capacity, but we have a really unique cap capability to invest and work with the Malawi government and school districts all around that wonderful country helping them become more self-reliant in building the capacity of their own educational system. And so that's the real that's the real sort of transformation that we're really started to push when it comes to data, looking at data not just as an output, but really as an outcome. And we're really looking forward to pulling more and more data into the system so that we can continue to track these things that we know are happening all around the world. And not every country is wonderful. Does the Foreign Aid Transparency and Accountability Act have provisions for tracking waste, fraud, and abuse? Because unfortunately that happens in foreign countries also of American dollars. It does happen. And it's it's a really important thing that, that all of us are committed to. I mean, we can't, we can't, we have to make sure that every dollar that is spent um, goes to the it goes to the purpose, isn't diverted, um, and and the State Department and USAID have really strong systems put into place to make sure that that we know who we are giving this money to, who are our partners on the ground, to make sure that that every dollar is is actually implemented in the way that that um, brings uh, continued respect um, to the American people, and and so that's a that's a really important piece of this. Um, and and there are a lot of um, uh, of processes in place in order to ensure that that we have no diverted dollars, um, and that we continue to to know how that dollars uh, is being spent. And, and and honestly, this is a I mean this is not just a, a systems piece. 
This is a, this is a people piece, right? We have amazing foreign service officers across state and USAID that just do a tremendous job um, helping manage all these programs around the world. And them going out to these sites, going out to this educational site in Malawi on a regular basis, making sure that, that the things that we need to happen continue to happen um, is critical. And, and we also have a lot of really wonderful locally employed staff um, that, that do this uh, with our foreign service officers. Um, and it's a, it's, a, it's a critical piece that I don't think we, we talk about enough about how important it is for eyes on human beings in the field. We, we, when we start talking about data, we think everything can be visual, visual and virtual. Um, and, and the reality is that, that, that on the ground eyesight to actually make sure that things are happening in the way that complies with the law and is accomplishing the objective is essential. Jim Richardson is director of the Office of Foreign Assistance Resources at the State Department. Thanks so much for joining me. Of course. I'm happy to do it. Anytime. We'll post this interview along with a link to more information at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Subscribe to the Federal Drive at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.